0: hey braves fans welcome to another edition of state of the braves i'm your host george mcnair it is great to be back with you uh it's been a little while a little longer than i anticipated uh kind of busy in uh, my personal life uh lately um everything good but uh, just busy and also was battling a, a pretty um Sore throat. I kind of lost my voice for a few days, so that's kind of bad when you're doing, doing a podcast. So, anyways, had to take a few days off. It's good to be back with you guys talking about Atlanta Braves baseball. Just really quickly, talking about some of the negatives, right? The lockout is still a thing. Uh, we are still not beyond it, and that is very unfortunate for all of us baseball fans in general. So, we are hoping that baseball gets back to it. I, you know, I, like pretty much everybody, am frustrated. By both sides here, the, um, the owners and the players, um, this is kind of a situation. It's the ugly side of the, um, the business of baseball, and you, you kind of realize that there are really no, no good guys on either side. Um, there's a lot of you know, personal animus between the two sides um, and a lot of drama there that you just wish didn't exist. But anyways, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but just pointing that out, you know, that's the reality of where we are right now. Uh, but again, it gives us some time to consider what the Braves need to do as they uh, hopefully the lockout will end soon. Um, yes, we have lost some spring training days that's going to affect um, obviously the length of decision making time that all GMs have as they um, you know get get closer to the regular season and then very unfortunately we've lost two regular season series already. hopefully the, these sides can get together and no more baseball will be lost. It would just stink if this thing gets worse and worse. And this drags out even further. So uh, let's just get let's just move on from that. Let's get into uh, the Brave side of things. You know, there's a couple things um, to, to keep in mind. The last two episodes, we have covered the first things on the Braves to-do list, or what I think they should be, um, as the lockout ends. And number one is re Freddie Freeman. Number two is try to find a way to get rid of Marcelo Zuna, um, you know whether that is drop him just entirely or figure out a way to trade him um, or keep him. And uh, you know keep him obviously is is something that could happen, but something I would like to see not happen. Uh, but we'll see. You know we don't know. With that in mind, there's several things that you gotta consider in terms of the impact of those moves and what, um, you know, how it's going to impact the rest of the offseason, which is why you really want to get those things done quickly and get them done first uh, as the Braves GM. So what Alex Anthopoulos is going to do, we don't know, uh, but we just have to keep those things in mind. If, if Freddie Freeman uh, is on the team and gets a big contract, that's awesome. I want that to happen, but it might mean that some of the funds to do these other things are limited, um, which means – you know you can still fill some needs, but you're going to have to target guys on cheap contracts. Uh, if Ozuna is um, if Ozuna stays and Freddie resigns, that's even less money that potentially you have. If somehow you can unload at least a part of Ozuna's contract, now you get a little more money to work with. And of course, if Freddie doesn't resign, you have a lot more money to work with, but you also have another big hole to fill at first. Uh, So again, go back to the Freddie Freeman episode and you can hear me talk about those different options there. All right, so keeping all those things in mind, really important, but today's episode is going to focus on what I think the number three thing that the Braves need to do this offseason, and that is uh, to target a true center fielder. Uh, Center field has been a little bit of an issue for the Braves, uh, you know, that through much of uh, last season, the, the second half of last season, you basically had, uh, Adam Duvall finally sinking into that spot. He's a really good corner outfielder, but he's not a true center fielder. And so that's something, you know, with him being on the team, can he play center in a pinch? Sure. Is that the guy you want to play center field every day for you? I don't think so. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'm not in the minds obviously of, uh, Alex in the Alex Anthopoulos in the Braves front office, but um, I have to believe that that is not their top choice. So, yes, center field is a need. The other thing to consider is if Ozuna does not come back, that just creates an even bigger hole generally in the outfield. And, of course, he, he would very likely play the DH position. Um, so th- that's going to impact Duvall and where he's needed. He, uh, he really needs to be in a corner outfield spot um, you know, more than anything. So if you're thinking about, oh, Duvall can just cover center, that's fine. I don't think that's, that's the case. I don't think that's probably where the Braves would like him to be. So I'm considering him as a corner outfielder. All right. So let's, let's get into some of these options of what the Braves might do at center field this season. Now, the first option, you know, the first thing to consider, I think is uh Pache, right? Um, he has he the Braves tried to plug him in day one last season that did not go well um, for him or the Braves and but he is a wild card going into this season uh, he spent a lot of time in Triple A his season did end pretty well at Triple A he started hitting a little bit more not at an elite level um, but certainly better than he was uh, he was performing in the first half of the year but. The question is, can he perform at the major league level with the bat? We know his defense is tremendous. um, But can you count on him being ready day one? I think that is very doubtful. Um, Can he eventually be there? Can he eventually be the guy? I think probably so. Yeah, like I'm not giving up on Pache generally as a really good player in the major leagues. The problem that I have more than anything with Pache is the timing. Right. The Braves are in win-now mode. They just won the World Series. They want to keep this thing going. And so to put a prospect in as your starting center fielder uh, and potentially you know, continue his struggles at the plate, that's a very difficult thing uh, to do. Uh, could they do it? Could they basically bat him ninth in a lineup that also has a DH and just deal with it? They could, um, but I think that is not the best option. So um, the patch A is, issue will be really interesting because we just don't know exactly how the Braves view him. Are they going to try to you know do the same thing this year as they did last and plug him in? Uh, I'm sure he will be obviously in um, in spring training and you know working on those things. But it could be something where you know spring training is super important for this whole decision. It is something that they're not going to jump on immediately. Uh, But I think that's going to be, you know, how he does and how he performs and how the Braves view him in their future is obviously like the linchpin thing of what, you know, what actions they might take moving forward. But again, my big issue with Pache is simply the timing. Uh, If the Braves were in more of a rebuild mode, you know, you could be patient with this guy and a year from now, maybe he is ready fully um, and you you plug him in. But they're just not, they're simply not in that Position, so you know if he does not prove to be ready, um, I think the Braves are going to have to be really quick to move on from him. Um, either you know you just leave him down in, in the minors and you're patient with him over time, or you use him in a trade package. The problem, and we're going to see this because I'm going to give you guys some some potential trades here in a minute. But the problem with trading Pache now is he had such a bad season that a lot of his value has diminished. So, you know, you're really tr- you're really selling low if you trade him. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, the other thing, uh, you know, to keep in mind, I've kind of already mentioned, is the Braves don't really have a legitimate center fielder on the roster um, in terms of an everyday center fielder. You know, let's at least mention Guillermo Heredia. They did bring him back. He was a great, you know, clubhouse guy. Um, I did I do think he stepped up and and you know was serviceable um especially in the early days when the Braves literally had no outfield uh, last season. So that is to be commended and he you know he got a major league deal and, and potentially is going to be their a backup outfielder. He's certainly capable defensively playing center field, but this is not a guy you want um, starting as your center fielder on a good team. So uh, yeah, he's in the mix to to be a backup, but let's move on from Guillermo quickly that he is not a, a starting center field option. So no legitimate starting center fielder on the roster. Again, we've already said that Duvall really should be um, that corner outfield guy in left field with, a course, Acuna coming back, um, hopefully by May 1st, uh, in right field. So with that in mind um, you got to look elsewhere, right? You have to look elsewhere. So where do you go? Well, you know, the easy, the easier place to go typically would be the free agent market. Um, but I hate to break it to you, but there's very little out there as a, for a legitimate starting center fielder, uh, in free agency. The only guy I see as kind of an okay option, uh, is Kevin Pillar, And even him, Kevin Pillar does not excite me at all, uh, bringing him in uh, as the starting center fielder for the Braves. So I'm really not going to dive into him much. Braves fans probably know him pretty well. Uh, He's been in New York um, as a Met the last year or two. So we've seen him some. Um, Again, I would say he's not a bad player, but he's just not going to excite you or be a difference maker in center field. He's also a little older, so defensively he's, he's on the decline. Um, and maybe I should just mention this for Braves fans, but Jock Peterson is out there. <laughs> um, is Jock Peterson a center fielder? I think there was a resounding no. You know, the Braves did play him in center field for a few games. Uh, has he played there in the past? Yeah, but, um, you know, this guy is, is I think at best, a, a corner outfielder, and I doubt that the Braves will be, bring him back as a everyday player at any position they might bring him back as a you know a fourth outfielder or a dh option that's to be seen but is he a center fielder no all right so that's about it i mean there there are a couple other center fielders out there that are kind of the guillermo heredia type maybe a little better than him but not much so i just don't want to go there so anyways what that brings us to is several different trade targets that i think the braves should look at all right so i'm going to go down the list here uh, of these guys, I'm going to give you some stats. And I also did, uh, because these are trade targets, I did some trade simulations for each of these guys to give you an idea of their value and, uh, what it would take to get them. And so, uh, you can kind of figure out, uh, from that maybe some of the better options, uh, who you like, and I'm going to give you my, my top choice. It might be obvious as I'm going through these, but my top choice, um, of who the Braves should target by the end of the podcast. All right, so uh, the number one guy, and again, I'm not ranking them as like this is not my number one guy yet, but the first guy I will mention is Brian Reynolds. Uh, he's a center fielder out of uh, Pittsburgh, the Pirates. Uh, he's a switch hitter, which is um, you know definitely a benefit. Uh, his 2021 stats were very, very good. This guy is an elite player. He was a six, um, six war player last year. He hit 302, uh, nearly a 400 on base percentage, 24 home runs, 90 RBIs, 90 RBIs on a not very good team. <laughs> um, 522 slugging percentage. This guy can hit. Uh, he is a really good hitter. Um, he will not be a free agent until 2026, and he's only making $4.5 million this year. Now, that obviously is going to go up as he is, continues through arbitration for a few more years, but to get a guy who, uh, who is on your team, uh, until 2026 is, uh, tremendously valuable. So you can imagine this guy is going to be quite expensive to get. Um, let me go through each of these. I'll mention each of these, and then we'll go back and try to do some trade simulations for each. All right. So my second guy is Cedric Mullins. Uh, he's out of Baltimore. Uh, he, uh, is a, Um, Very good player as well. Very similar in many ways to Brian Reynolds, his 2021 stats. uh, He was a nearly a six win player, Uh, 5.7 war last year, hit 291, 360 on base, Uh, 30 home runs. He only had 59 RBIs, but a really bad Orioles offense. Uh, He was hitting at the top of the lineup a lot. So I think that's the reason for that. Um, A 518 slugging. So these two guys are incredibly similar in a lot of ways, at least from what they did last year. Um, the other thing to keep in mind with Cedric Mullins, he can steal bases. He had 30 stolen bases last year. Uh, so I would say Reynolds might be a little bit um, better of an overall offensive player, but Mullins brings that speed, that ability to steal some bases. Um, they're also both very solid defensive center fielders, so you're not giving up a lot. These Both of these guys were incredibly good last year. Um, this might blow your mind. He's only making, um, five hundred seventy-five thousand um, next year. That might ramp up if you know uh, with the um, the talks with you know the lockout right now. But nonetheless, he's basically making nothing for being uh, one of the best center fielders in baseball. Again, just like Reynolds, he won't be a free agent t- until twenty twenty-six. Uh, so he's in house. Um, so this guy is absolutely, um, an animal, especially for, um, the low salary he's, he's bringing in right now. All right. Number three is Ramon Laureano. Uh, he is with Oakland right-handed hitter. Um, he's a little bit of a step down from these other two. Uh, he had, and I think he had a little bit of a down offensive year last year. Uh, he had a 2.6 wins above replacement. He hit Uh, 470, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, that would be good, 246 um, on base percentage of 317, 14 home runs. Uh, He had a slugging of uh, 448. So these are solid offensive numbers. He's a really good defensive center fielder. Uh, There's some great YouTube videos of his cannon arm. Uh, So great defense, great arm, Uh, solid offensive player, though not maybe someone you're putting in the middle of the order. Uh, he did make $2.8 million. He's a little further along in arbitration, so he'll be a free agent at 2025, but still you have him for a few years, so that would be pretty cool. All right, um, fourth guy I'm going to mention is Dalton Varsho. I don't know if uh, if you've heard of this guy or seen this guy play. Uh, I do recall him playing when the Braves visited uh, the Diamondbacks late in the year. He's a really unique player, so uh, he he bats lefty. Uh, he is very young. This was, I think, his first uh, major um, experience at the major league level. Uh, his wins above replacement last year, again, this was not. This was in about a half a year. Was one point seven. Uh, he hit two forty six, three eighteen on base, eleven home runs, um, and he had a four thirty seven slugging. Uh, the The unique thing about him is he plays center field and he can catch. Uh, and when you see him out on the field, he looks like a catcher. He's kind of a stocky, shorter guy, and yet he can move. Uh, he is a good, uh, good center fielder. And so there's a, there's some value to him being able to catch as well. Uh, and he's also, you know, making not much, uh, $575,000. He won't be a free agent until 2027. Um, and this guy didn't come out of nowhere. I think he was a second round draft pick. Um, and so he is, he is a talented player. Uh, he's considered very highly. You'll see that when it comes to some, uh, whether you've heard of this guy or not, uh, his trade value is pretty high. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind. But, but I think this guy would be someone you would have to pry away from Arizona. I guarantee you they, they really like this guy. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, and then um, Whit Merrifield. This is a guy you probably have heard of. He's been a really good player for, um, for the Royals. Uh, Kansas City Royals for some time. He had a 3.6 uh, war year last year. He hit .277, uh, 317 on base, 10 home runs, 74 RBIs, and a 395 on base. This guy is mostly a, you know, a singles hitter with a little bit of pop, and he can really steal some bases. He stole 40 bases last year. Um, he's only making $2.75 million next year. That ramps up. Um, the following year. uh, So he signed for two more years. So, um, and he is older, he's 33 years old. And so this is a guy who in a win now situation, I think he would be a great addition to the team. Um, And because of his age and his length of his contract, um, he's not as expensive as some of these other guys who have a lot of their careers left. Um, So keep that one in mind as well. Uh, the only other guy I'm gonna mention, I'm not gonna spend as much time on him, as Victor Robles. Uh he's uh Brace Fans will probably know him pretty well because he's uh come up with the Nationals, but he had a terrible year last year. In fact, he got sent down to triple A. Uh he is defensively, you know, very talented um as a center fielder, but still very much uh, you know, working on his game and and offensively, he really lost it last year, but he has a lot of pop. Um So he would be kind of a reclamation project. I don't know that he's a great target because of that, but, um, and I also don't know that the nationals would be interested in dealing him simply because he's lost pretty much all of his value as far as trade goes. So it's someone to keep in mind, but um, I don't know that he's gonna be high on um, the list. All right, so let's get into some of the trades for these guys and so you can have an idea of what it would take to get them. and so let's go back to Brian Reynolds. Uh, the first thing I want to do is give you uh, Braves with similar values to some of these players, particularly some, uh, some of these better players. So Brian Reynolds, just to give you an idea of how good this guy is, uh, there are two Braves that have very similar trade values to Reynolds, and this is from the trade simulator website that I use. Um, so you know there could be some disagreement on this, but um, I think this is um, a, a good way to look at this. So. The two Braves, Ian Anderson and Austin Riley, uh, have very similar trade values to Brian Reynolds. I'm not saying that the Braves should trade either of those guys. You could potentially trade straight up if you uh, were so inclined, but I don't think the Braves should do that. Um, So here is uh, the trade that would get Reynolds to the Braves just according to this trade simulator. At least the, the trade values are lining up. All right. Uh, Tucker Davidson, uh, Shea Langoliers, Wasker and Noah, and Michael Harris. And you're probably saying right now, ouch. Uh, that, that is a uh, a huge package to put together. It really does hollow out your um, your prospects immediately. I mean, those guys, especially Harris and Langoliers, those are really um, your top in my mind, your top two prospects um that you're giving up everybody seems to love Michael Harris he's not ready for the majors yet but um you know him and Langoliers giving both of those guys up now you know with a trade like this when you're trading for an an all star guy like Reynolds who has uh, multiple years left, it's gonna hurt right and this one definitely definitely does uh this is the only one in which, because I really like Michael Harris, so this was the only one where basically the only way to make this work uh, was to include him. So keep that one in mind as we move forward with some of these other guys. All right, uh, back to Cedric Mullins. Again, he's play, he plays for the Orioles. Um, the closest Brave in terms of trade value uh, on the Braves roster is Max Freed. So again, this is giving you an idea. This guy is elite. This guy is very, very good, very young, uh, and very cheap and, and that's one of the reasons that Mullins is so valued as he's so cheap. Alright so um, I came up with two different uh, trade possibilities um, for Mullins so see which one of these you like better. The first is Langoliers, uh, Kyle Muller, uh, Christian Pache and Oscar Enoa for Mullins. Now you notice I'm, I'm uh, including Enoa in several of these um, and there's two reasons for that. I actually really like Enoa. I'd like to see him, um, if he's still with the Braves, I'd like to see him in the rotation. Um, but uh, the fact that you know he really hurt the team uh, punching that wall in the middle of the season when they really needed him, I, I bet that the Braves organization was not thrilled with that. And um, the other part is he still has a really high trade value, um, more so than some of the other players um, some of the other pitching prospects, because he's done it. He's shown some ability to have some success at the major league level. So keep that in mind um, is why I am including him. It's not because I don't like him. Okay, Uh, the other potential um, package is Contreras, Muller, Christian Pache, Drew Waters, and Inoa. And in this one, you notice that uh, we're having to dump two of the three really good Braves outfield prospects uh, in Waters and Pache, but we're able to hang on to to Langoliers in this deal. So the reason I actually kind of like this one better is you hang on to Langoliers and um, you're not messing with Michael Harris. You still got those two guys in your system, but you are moving on from Pache and Waters. Uh, You know, the other thing to keep in mind is there's been a lot of talk that um, Contreras is probably the odd man out in terms of the catching prospects. Um, so I could definitely see him and Noah particularly being traded. Pache, maybe, again, Pache is low right now in terms of his value. But if the Braves decide to move on and they're going after another center fielder, it does kind of make sense that they would include him. All right, let's move on uh, to some of these other guys. Ramon Laureano, I'm not going to spend too much time on simply because... Um, he has a very similar value to Mullins, so you would um, pretty much those same packages um, you could get um, or, or you could offer for Lariano. Now, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb here and say I like Mullins a lot better, just simply because Lariano is elite defensively, but you just get so much more offensively from Mullins. So um, you and Loriano is a little, uh, you know, slightly less valued than Mullins, So maybe there's one of those guys you could hold on to in, you know, the deals that I put out for Mullins. So that's another thing to think about. All right, let's move on to Dalton Varsho. Again, this guy is a young guy. He's just just coming up into the big leagues. He's with the Diamondbacks, but also uh, very highly valued. Not quite as as highly valued as these other three guys. So the package I was able to put together was Contreras, Tucker Davidson, Muller, and Inoa. The one thing that I have noticed about the Diamondbacks, they don't have a lot of great pitching uh, in their uh, minor leagues. So it could be something, and you notice that I I did that in in the, um, uh, the package here. I put three of the Braves pitching prospects in this package. So I think this is why they would do a deal like this if they were to move on from Varsha is to really bolster their pitching depth, uh, which doesn't exist uh, right now. So if they were to do that, awesome. I think Varsha would be an excellent young addition who'd be with the Braves for a long, long time. I just don't know for certain that the Diamondbacks would actually be willing to pull the trigger on that one. Okay. On to Whit Merrifield, who was with the Royals. Um, Merrifield is Much less expensive. Now, the Royals, I think, really like Merrifield. I think he is a fan favorite there, um, along with um, Perez. But, uh, you know, their catcher, who's awesome, by the way. I love that guy. But Merrifield, I think, is attainable if the Royals were to decide, you know, let's move on and let's get some value for him. So the first would be a straight-up trade of Waskar and Noah for Merrifield. Uh, they have very similar trade values. Uh, the other, uh, the other package would be Contreras and Schuster. So Schuster's um, not a name that I put out there yet. You know, he's much younger, uh, therefore his value's a good bit lower. But if you package him in Contreras, I think that could potentially get that deal done. I do like Merrifield simply because of the cost uh, is so much lower. Again, he's not going to be as much of an impact. It's not like he's a prospect He's potentially going to turn into a star or, you know, a young guy that you're going to have for years and years, but he's solid. You know what you're getting for him. Um, and the Braves do like, you know, those guys on the shorter term deals. So that is definitely something that he, he provides. All right. I mentioned Victor Robles again, Robles had such a bad season with the nationals that I think literally, um, if you just offered any, um, any minor leaguer with any kind of value that the nationals happen to like, you can make that deal happen. So that is one where you could simply just take a flyer on him. The problem is I think he's basically, um, you know, Christian Pache. I mean, he's, he's talented, but he hasn't proven any kind of consistency. So I just don't know why they would do that. Um, if your argument is, you know, we're going to win now and we're going to go for it and get a real major leaguer. Um, I think if you were to go for Victor Robles, you would just keep Pache it uh, anyways. So, all right, the last guy I'm going to mention is something, this is a little bit of a crossover from my last episode. I mentioned this guy as a way to potentially dump Marcel Ozuna's contract. uh, And that guy is Lorenzo Kane. He is the center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. So if the Brewers were interested in this kind of bad um, contract swap, then I think this could happen and it could fill for a short term because Kane is only on, uh, he's on the final year of his contract. So this would, um, potentially fill this hole for a year. Um, and then maybe the Braves could move on and do something else beyond this. Lorenzo Kane, I think is generally highly regarded around baseball, at least as a really good clubhouse guy. Um, so anyways, the, the deal that I was able to put forth is Ozuna, Contreras, and Pache. For Kane, again, this is because Ozuna's contract is considered so so poor right now. You're going to have to throw in a, a little bit um, for Kane, but this would be a cost saver for the Braves, um, you know. And if Contreras doesn't have much of a path to Atlanta, um, the only pain of this deal is that you have to move on from Pache. Uh, but nonetheless, I think this is. Uh, it's not going to make the Braves as as good next year as some of these other deals, but it also uh, does at least allow you to move on from Ozuna and maybe get a little bit in return. All right, guys. So that those are my are those are my possible trade targets that I like for center field. Uh, I think the Braves really need to focus on getting a true center fielder. So who is my top guy? I don't know. Who do you think? Well, my top guy is Cedric Mullins. I think for the package um, that you would have to give up for Brian Reynolds, I mean, strictly from a player, like player only, who is maybe the best of the best player. I might say Brian Reynolds by a little bit. He's done it for a little longer. He's had two, two really good years back-to-back. That's one, one thing I am a little nervous about with Mullins. Um, but Reynolds is incredibly expensive, and having to give up Michael Harris to get him, I do not like that. Uh, So if you could get Mullins uh, without giving up Michael Harris, I think that is the way to go. You're going to have Mullins for, you know, several years moving forward. Uh, He doesn't break the bank in any way, shape, or form. Um, And you're pretty much set in the outfield um, with him. And then, you know, if you figure long-term, Michael Harris sliding into left field after, you know, maybe Devalde moves on, it just makes a lot of sense to me. So um, the other thing, With Mullins, to keep in mind, and I think I mentioned this already a little bit, but we're going to get into some potential pitching uh, starting pitchers that the Braves could target moving forward. And another guy on the Orioles I really like is John Means. So that would even be a more massive deal that the Braves would have to pull off for the two of them. But I think both of them are great fits for Atlanta, uh, Mullins being one of those in center field. So even if you can't get Means, Mullins is I think a great target for the Braves and the Orioles are not going to be good anytime soon. They know that everybody in, in baseball knows that and Mullins, um, you know, he's, he's great for them, but uh, they're not going to win games. And so they, they need prospects. The Braves have some that they could, you know, they could share, uh, they could, that they could send their way. And that just makes a lot of sense to me, but I really like all of these guys as possibilities. I think, any of them outside of Robles makes a lot of sense on different levels, and I hope the Braves are active in doing this and aren't just, you know, good with, with putting Duval out out of position in center field. I hope that's not what they do. I think it would really diminish his value because you know center field is a demanding position, and I think you get a lot less offensively from Duval if you if you forced him out there day in day out as a center fielder. All right, guys, well, that's it for me uh, on this edition of uh, State of the Braves. It was great to be with you. Please make sure that you uh, listen to me on Spotify, uh, follow me, uh, like, like the show, and you can also visit me on YouTube if you want to see uh, the video version uh, like that as well. Thanks, guys. Uh, I will see you very soon. Go Braves.